Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dreams and Screams. We're your hosts, Tammy. And Ashley. And we're back for part two of Lisk, the oh Long gosh. Island serial killer. I'm waiting. I've just been patiently waiting to hear where this what unfolds. Yeah, I had to break this up into two episodes because I just felt like it was just way too much information. Yeah. Like I said, a lot one. to digest. Yeah. I've been thinking about it since. Truly. And that was just surface level. You can also watch Lost Girls on Netflix. It kind of gives you an idea. Obviously, it's a movie, so not everything's exactly accurate, but it kind of gives you even an idea of where the setting is, visually speaking, if you don't really understand what Oak Beach and these beaches kind of look like. I mean, I'm such a visual person that sometimes it just helps me frame out what I'm trying to process. Yeah. It definitely makes makes it easier to understand but yeah i'll get right into it so we left off with all the victims up to 2020 there was really not much had gone the fbi was definitely involved at that point but really the last thing was that belt that the police put out to the public just to see if anybody recognized it or knew anything about it it is now 2022 12 years after the bodies were started to be discovered now in 2022 the commissioner rodney harrison finally forms a multi-agency task force including the police the fbi to revisit the case i think there was like a couple of twitter things and stuff that basically Basically, they were nudging the police to be like, why hasn't this been solved? There's so much evidence. There's so many bodies. What are you guys doing? Right. Yeah. Please look into it. Finally, July 2023, Rex Hewerman, a 59-year-old Nassau County resident, was arrested in Midtown Manhattan and subsequently charged with three counts of first-degree murder, as well as three counts of the lesser charge, second-degree murder related to the deaths of Melissa Bartholomew, Megan Waterman, and Amber Costello. He apparently was taken into custody around 8.30 p.m. on Thursday night near his Midtown office. I think there's even like a video that somebody caught of him walking along Manhattan Road when he was suddenly surrounded by plainclothes officers and taken into custody. Holy shit. I have to look for it because I didn't, I actually forgot to look for it, but it's crazy. So he's Manhattan architect and married father of two. He apparently has been married twice and shares a 26-year-old daughter and stepson with special needs with his second wife. He is the president of an architecture firm, RH Consultants and Associates, a company which he founded in 1994. His adult daughter works for this company as well. He has lived much of his life in Massapequa Park and has worked in Manhattan since 1987. So they interviewed his neighbors and, you know, this is so funny what kind of view people have on their neighbors and things. His neighbors describe him as a family man living with his wife and two children in a tight-knit community. His neighbors also told The Independent that he was a quiet family man. There's another neighbor who, like, lives super close to him and he's lived there for, like, 20 years, said that the family's very quiet quiet and made no imprint at all on the neighborhood so even though he's lived there forever like they don't know him so truly spanning from he's so nice their family great to we have no idea who this person is so basically this guy said we never had any contact with him living here for 22 years and never said two words to the guy oh i mean i don't talk to my neighbors either but 
that is strange in like those communities. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a Massapequa town. So it's not like a private community or anything like that. But still, it's, you know, a small town. Interesting, though, another neighbor who has lived there for 13 years told Newsweek that the children would avoid his home on Halloween. The kids always know. I know. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that wild? If a child says something, believe them. That's all yeah, I have to say. Yeah. So someone else said most people don't knock on his door. During Halloween, the kids are told to stay away. He's not a very nice person. Apparently, his home was dilapidated and always mm. dark. So it just kind of so seems creepy. maybe like the creepy house in the block. And kids usually avoid that anyways. Now, professionally speaking, some acquaintances described him as arrogant. And some people described him as creepy. There was this person, Dominique Vidal, an interior designer who was part of the same architecture networking group as him, said that he repeatedly called her and left her a creepy voicemail despite them never having worked together. Obviously, this is a lot of hearsay. I'm right. sure when, you know, things like this happen, people come out of the woodworks to, like, say things. But also not far-fetched to believe that he could be yeah, being exactly. a Yeah, exactly. That's just, like, a little bit about him. This is wild to me. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll just tell you. So... Authorities began to seriously consider him a suspect in March of 2022 after discovering that a Chevrolet Avalanche registered in his name had been linked to one of the killings by a witness. This is wild and this wasn't on the first episode because this is insane. So apparently a witness had seen an avalanche parked in one of the murdered women's driveways shortly before she disappeared. Somehow, apparently investigators were all fighting with one another back when the investigation was first happening and this key piece of information in the case the witness's description of the pickup truck got lost in the shuffle oh my god isn't that like it resurfaced now the whole thing of at a certain point it's like too many hands in the pot fighting for whatever and then they miss something and it's like it was in front of your face i guess because they have an abundance too of evidence and documents and things somehow this key piece of fucking evidence got lost put aside up until recently so by the time the detectives learned of the truck, luckily they had already narrowed down their search to several men who were in a small area of Massapequa Park where Hewerman lived. So because the cell site information had led them to that area, so if you recall, not only did the women have a lot of calls from certain areas, but also the family members. Mm -hmm. So they used a lot of this information to narrow in on a location. Now, it was near his office in Manhattan that the series of taunting calls was made to Miss Bartholomew's family using her phone, according to the court filing. One was in July 2009 to her sister Amanda, which is the one where he was asking her, do you think you'll ever speak to her again, etc. And then he hung up on her. He was just being a dick, truly. He apparently used burner phones to contact sex workers or massage parlors and used false names to set up an email account to search for sex workers, sadistic, torture-related pornography. So those cell records will get you every fucking time. Yeah. He was also looking up videos and photos of women being sexually assaulted. Uh, just scum. I just got the gross chill, you know, like the... Ugh. Yeah, just fucking scum. He even searched for podcasts and documentaries related to the investigation. Oh, shit. I mean, so did I. I was looking to see if anything was going on with the Long Island serial killer, but he was obsessive about it. Yeah. He viewed hundreds of images depicting the murdered victims and members of their immediate families. 
So practically fucking stalking them from afar. Yeah. He even searched for articles about the task force that was set up in 2022 to investigate the killing. So I know the investigators were saying that they were really trying to keep a lid. Even within the department, there were very few people that knew what was going on because they really wanted to keep a tight lip. They didn't want to let anything slip after years of facing public scrutiny for really not handling the case well, for all the corruption for all the crazy things that happened i guess they were just trying to finally make it right as they closed in on him they served more than 300 subpoenas and search warrants that uncovered cell phone records for burner phones used to arrange meetings with three of the gilgo four victims before they went missing so this directly tied him to three of the victims in july of 2022 a detective took 11 bottles from a trash can outside his house they compared dna from the bottles so dna extracted from hairs found on some of the bodies it was a match to his wife who actually had been out of the country or out of state when each of the three women disappeared basically they concluded that somehow his wife's hair got transferred to the victims through him like on a jacket or on his yeah so basically it's likely that the burlap the tape the vehicle or other instruments utilized in the murders came from his residence where obviously his wife resides so it was transferred from his clothing they did rule her out because when bartholomew went missing in july 2009 his wife was actually in iceland she was also in maryland when waterman disappeared and she traveled to new jersey when costello was last seen in september of that year so she wasn't around i mean allegedly she's not involved etc who knows if she had any suspicions if she knew anything at all now among the evidence was also hair found on the burlap material used to wrap Waterman's corpse. The DNA analysis had not been possible in the early stages of the investigation, but new technology allowed mitochondrial DNA testing in July of 2020. By January 2023, they had this guy under surveillance. This is crazy to me too. So an investigator saw him throw a pizza box into the sidewalk garbage can outside his office building. So the Suffolk County Crime Laboratory swab the discarded crust oh my god of his pizza for dna that's wild. and in june they matched it with the hair found on waterman's body oh isn't that crazy from a, a pizza, pizza crust. crust that's wild to me i mean it's pretty fucking cool they can do that's that that's insane yeah and it's always from your fucking garbage you know once you discard it it's public property so obviously prosecutors asked in the court papers that he be held without bail based on the circumstances including the serious heinous natures of the serial murders i mean he deserves deserves to be in prison he had obviously searched for sadistic materials images of the victims and their relatives there was even some child pornography in there they just obviously want to make sure that he's held immediately the latest on the case as far as i can find is that he has been ordered to provide a swab of his dna you know they took the dna from the pizza etc but they want to do another official match to megan waterman's hair that was found on the burlap lap apparently the next preliminary hearing will take place on september 27th so i'll keep my ears open and see what happens you'll have to keep like updating as we go some other interesting things just kind of got updates it's kind of all over the place but it's kind of some interesting information 
Obviously, more women have come forward with stories about meeting him. They're not really releasing exactly the information on this. I'm sure, like, vet the information and make sure it's, again, not just someone looking for their 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, exactly. This story just continues to get crazier and crazier every time. I have friends that live in Massapequa. There are people just camping out there. There's people, like, just doing tours of the outside of the house because it's, like, everyone wants to see where this crazy killer lives. So I think the town had like a board meeting and they're thinking they want to buy the house because apparently there's so many people descending on this house that they have like concerns for safety, etc. They have committed to adding video surveillance and additional patrols to East Neighbors concerns. They're obviously looking into the possibility of buying the property so that again everyone's super selfish but they're concerned with like home values in the area they want to just kind of close it off so strange i know isn't that crazy so apparently they already have pretty much concluded the raid of the home but they've even been excavating in the backyard to search for evidence like they've been tearing this house apart it was already kind of dilapidated to begin with Among the items taken from the home are approximately 279 weapons. What the hell? Which is super crazy considering like New York gun laws and everything. So it's like... It's like, why do you need that many weapons? Yeah, and truly like, I don't even know. It's crazy, which is why they arrested him at his job because they didn't want it to turn into some crazy scenario. Well, and catch him off guard. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, the sheer volume of the evidence that was taken is insane. So they literally, I'm sure, are going to be combing through evidence for months. Yeah, that's wild. They're saying that nothing of note was discovered in the yarn. In the yarn. In the yard. nothing of note was discovered in the yard now they don't really know where the killings took place but they are thinking that at least one of the murders may have taken place at the house which is why they're obviously trying to right because the beach beach is ultimately just where he dumped yeah it's the dumping ground it's not particularly where they were murdered right his dna has not been entered into any national crime database because he has not been yet convicted of a crime so i'm sure once he is convicted and they enter that dna into a database i mean who knows if something else will pop up yeah there could be there could be more. more yeah i mean i mean i really hope not but here's the thing if these things were dating back to the 90s and we're just being like he's 59 now so truly he could have been murdering in the 80s early 90s even and even the ones up until 2011 there's still a huge gap of time from 2011 to 2023 yeah what else was he up to especially a person like that i don't think in all these cases so far that I've been reading, it's like, if you were doing it then, you're not just automatically going to stop. Yeah, they don't particularly stop. And if anything, they change their mo or... Yeah. Or you move on to a different kind of crime or there's yeah. something else. It's never just like, oh, now I'll just go live my life. Now, I'm going to say allegedly, 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 because apparently the New York Post has reported that a room in his basement may have been soundproof, but also speculated that it may be the same ball that the police said that he had like his enormous collection of firearms other people are saying that no soundproof room was found but one of his former co-workers told the post that the architect took time off to install the concrete lined room so is there a 
parents soundproof room in his right. basement. I don't know. Like, or I don't know if it's like, true or not. A building like a wine cellar, a, a weapon cellar. I mean, he could have sold it as anything, yeah. but maybe with something else. Why would you need a concrete lined room? I guess yeah. is my question. So this same coworker said it's not just the hidden room. It's a serious vault. It had a huge heavy duty safe door. He went and poured new concrete walls, massive amount of concretes to encase the room. It was maybe two or three feet thick. That's insane. Truly a If vault. that's true, that's in, yeah. Again, allegedly, this information has not been confirmed. I found, I did find it in a couple articles, but I'm just not really sure if it's true or not. In addition to New York, they're also looking into other states where he might have committed crimes. Apparently, he had a property in South Carolina. Apparently, his brother Craig also owns property nearby in South Carolina, so that's a state of interest he also owned a timeshare in las vegas and they're even reviewing some cases in new jersey so more to come on that i mean obviously they're finally really trying to tick and tie all their boxes to make sure they're not missing anything what is crazy is that back in 2011 the criminologist's profile was really not far off from who he was back then they said the women were probably killed by a white man in his mid-20s to mid-40s he is married or has a girlfriend he's well educated and well spoken he's financially secure has a job owns an expensive car or truck and lives or used to live near where the bodies were found and all those things were true so he obviously has been charged with the three murders and he's being looked into for the fourth Obviously, there's way more bodies that are part of the Gilgo Beach bodies that were found. No additional details about the status of those investigations has been shared. There's no indication that the investigators believe that he is involved in those deaths. But in a press conference, they did indicate that those are still ongoing investigations. They are not done. There's a lot more work to do in this investigation regarding the other victims. Basically, what they said is for anyone who may have any tips to call Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. Again, they said they have thousands of pieces of documents of evidence. So I'm sure as they kind of comb through all that, hopefully they'll be able to link him to some of the other cases. But as of now, he's really only being tried for the three, potentially the four. So those are the Gilgo Beach four. Okay. So quickly, I just want to name some sources for just some of these random tidbits of information. There's an independent article by Rachel Sharp, a New York Times article by Andy Newman, a New York Magazine article by Margaret Hartman and Wikipedia. But aside from that, I also have another weird part of the story, and this revolves around his wife. I was gonna say, I guess that's, I, I've been like pausing to hold my questions because I'm like, there's things that run through my brain is like, has anybody in his life, his wife, has anybody else kind of come out with any other information or have any other things been linked? Obviously, we said there was something with the brother. As of now, no one else has been named a suspect. No one in his life has said that they knew anything. Obviously, yeah. they're not going to say anything. But no, as far as that goes... I mean, sometimes they do. They're like, I I never would have suspected, but, you know. No, or, I didn't they realize, really haven't talked to the media that way. They're kind of staying hush, very, hush. like, tight-lipped. Yeah. But his wife did file for divorce. 
Interesting. At the same time as this case is happening. This wasn't like she filed a long time ago. No, she, yeah, she's like just she's filed. She's filing now. I don't know. That makes I mean, me big, fat question if mark. she didn't know, obviously, she's probably shocked. I mean, if you find your husband is a fucking murderer, yeah, that's, that's I mean. a good reaction. I a would divorce. be like, I guess as a bystander listening to the story, I'm like, I mean, maybe there's a seed of doubt like in her head, like, holy shit. He really he did do t- this. He probably really is did this and i cannot be married to this yeah man. nothing makes me happier than her automatically being like no we're getting Front, a divorce no. yeah. opposed to the women who like stand by the fucking murder side like oh he's innocent when clearly all the evidence is pointing to the fact that he's not yeah yeah i guess that's that's where i was going with it was like that's pretty telling but at the same time let me tell you this i found this super interesting so you could tell me what you think about her after this so unfortunately she's battling spreading cancer she apparently has been battling cancer for quite a bit this is where it gets weird for me so her name is asa ellerup she's 59 years old She has fought skin and breast cancer for several years and needs about 12 to 18 months of further treatment. Now, because obviously he got arrested, he's not working Mm -hmm. at his firm anymore. Her insurance will likely run out because she was covered through his architecture firm and they can only pay the premiums for another two months. So what happens? Melissa Moore, I'll tell you about her, set up a GoFundMe account for his wife. The funds are to support Asa. The funds are to support Asa, basic needs for herself and her adult children to restore the home to whole as the evidence collection nearly damaged or destroyed many critical household items and any other needs she may have that is not listed. That's what the GoFundMe says. So she set up a fund. But doesn't say anything about treatments for cancer. Basic needs for herself. Basic needs yeah. for herself. Sorry. I, I just toned in on the home. The fund has brought in more than $44,000. This is from an article by the New York Post by Steve Janoski from August 11th. So literally, that was yesterday. That was yesterday. We're recording on the 12th. Now, the lawyer of the victims is kind of baffled because unfortunately although the family's collateral damage you know they're not the true victims in mm-hmm. this story and he also claims that the family had plenty of assets that they could use for her health insurance he owns his own architecture firm so i'm sure they're not short of money yeah i don't know their specific financial situation so the other weird part to me is that melissa moore who set up the gofundme for asa her father and maybe I'll do this on another episode, but her father was known as the happy face killer. What? Wait, <laughs> okay. What the heck? I have heard that name. I have not, I don't know if I know this story, but I have heard this name. So he raped and murdered eight women in the early 90s. He earned the moniker for drawing smiley faces on taunting notes to cops during his rampage. His daughter. His daughter. So I can, obviously she, again, is a collateral damage victim of another deranged man. So clearly she empathizes with the family because she has been there. So I get it. But it's just like another weird happening. There are a lot of like weird twists and plot turns that I think just throw me off. Like I'm still going to part one, like Shannon knocking on the door. You know, there's just so, from there to where we are now, it's a lot, like so much. 
this is why I'm like, I have to break this up into two because there's the facts of what happened to the victims. And then there's all this other crazy shit happening yeah. around this case. Again, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Now, a little bit more about all this. This is from a CBS News article by Carolyn Gussoff. Apparently, Hewerman home is in shambles after police finished with their search. So the family is filing a notice of claim against law enforcement. It seems as though they want to sue the department for leaving their valuables all shattered. The beds were destroyed. According to their attorney, the places that they laid their heads down at night no longer exist. The house is in shambles. It's ransacked. Their attorney says they're innocent bystanders whose lives were turned upside down. They're housed too. New photos show the mess they returned to after the 12-day search. They are filing a notice of claim to preserve their right to sue. I guess. I'm like, one, what do you think is going to happen if the the man of this home is accused of doing these things? Immediately, they're going to turn over the home to try to find any evidence you can, right? That's point A. Point B, yes, they're innocent bystanders allegedly have no, let's say they know nothing. Uh-huh. But wouldn't you also, yes, it's unfortunate. Like you still want to have a bed to rest your head in. And, yeah, it's an absolute terrible stuff, situation on you know, all fronts. All, all your stuff is whatever, but... That doesn't change the facts that if he really has done all this stuff, the investigators and the police and everybody still has to do their due diligence. Yeah, they have to, to try to do, get to They them. have to perform the investigation. Yeah. They have to get evidence. I'm sure it sucks. I'm yeah. sure it's absolutely terrible to walk into your house. It being turned upside down, it's in shambles and you had nothing to do with it. And you're wondering like, what is happening? You know, why do I have to go through this? But at the same time, I think it's just not a good look. I mean, right. there was 11 people murdered. Like you're connected to it in the sense that this is your husband or this is like you lived in the same house with this person. It would be natural to expect that they're not going to leave any shelf. You Honestly, know, if over. that was me, I'd be like, good. Yeah. Now I can fucking toss this bed. I toss this pillow. Truly, I just think that unfortunately, it's just not a good look for her because again, innocent bystanders, unfortunate victims, but the true victims in this case and this whole story are the 11 people that were murdered. And it's not like she's coming out and saying like, my heart is with every single person. No. And like unfortunately at this time I am I, dealing with I cancer. I looked. I tried and- to find if she gave a statement or anything like that and nothing. So now you're through your lawyer, you're trying to get the right to sue the department but still have not said, I'm Addressed. so sorry. Yeah. Like I had no idea. Yeah. And like my heart breaks. Again, not a good luck. Yeah. So... You know, I don't know how to feel about this whole situation, but it's kind of insane. Again, a lot to unpack. A lot. It's just like, I don't know, this story lives rent-free in my mind because there's just so much there. And kind of just like as a closer here, literally the only light I can shine on this is the fact that now many other murders of sex workers, including possible serial killers that remain unsolved, are kind of getting a little bit of that limelight to to be able to bring it forward to the public and just try to get some closure for those families as well. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them, you know, many even similar cases, like in Atlantic City, there's like a couple, which I know that they're looking into 
about him, but the FBI would not say how many killings of sex workers in the U.S. remain unsolved. Media accounts and statements from local authorities show a long trail of open cases from nine women whose bodies were found along highways in Massachusetts. That was one of the ones I've been like looking at at some point to cover because it came up. And as you were telling this story, I was like, wow, that sounds so similar in the sense that every single victim in that case was a sex worker. I believe. I believe. I haven't dug into it entirely, but I will. Yeah, you can absolutely cover that one. I will cover that one soon. To 11 found dead in New Mexico and eight more found amid the crawfish farms and swamps of southern Louisiana. The killings of other sex workers in Chicago, New Haven, Connecticut, and Ohio, among other places, also remain mysteries. So obviously there's so many cases still open. Hopefully, just honestly through the crazy media coverage this is getting, hopefully some other cases get solved. Yeah. So those are the updates I have for now on the Long Island serial killer and suspect rex hewerman i will continue updating you know when i have some more information thank you for joining us everyone thank you everyone and we'll see you on the next episode of dreams and screens bye Bye.